This episode of the Culture Soup Podcast is brought to you by the 30-Minute Mentor. We are now accepting applications for the 2019 Summer Cohort. That is a mentoring circle, and this year we are expanding to 10 people instead of 5. That's right. 10 people will have the opportunity to have six monthly sessions one-on-one with myself, along with three group sessions with myself and your cohort members, and unlimited access to your cohort members via group text. You're going to get amazing benefits. It will allow you to have unfettered access to all master classes online, whether they are on demand or upcoming for absolutely free. You'll also have access to free tools that others will not. You don't want to miss this six month experience that proves to be an opportunity to grow in your career. We're also expanding our cohorts to include not just management professionals who are mid-level and entrepreneurs within the three to five year stage of growth but we're also expanding to educators. If you are in the education field, whether you are faculty, staff, coach, if you pour into students at any level, we wanna hear from you and you'll receive a special discount code upon your acceptance into the cohort. I look forward to seeing all of your applications and I can't wait to get going. See you online. Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. was 2002. It was the year that freelancing would turn into running a full-fledged PR agency. One reason for that was that my network or my community was very intent on sending me business. One young lady who worked across the hall from the Ketchum Public Relations offices at another Omnicom firm which did advertising and marketing, decided she would call me and let me know that she had a client that needed PR help, but that couldn't afford Ketchum. So I said, send them my way. That client was a super regional brand in the quick service restaurant industry. If you're from the Southwest, especially Texas, you know the brand Taco Bueno. Taco Bueno became my agency's first retainer client, and that was a big deal. They actually helped me to staff up, and we started to do payroll in a couple of years after that. But one of the people that I met while I was there was the president of Taco Bueno. He joined on about six to nine months after we had started working for Bueno. 
His name, John Miller. John is a very special president and leader, not just for Taco Bueno. He'd come over from Macaroni Grill, where he was president, but that's not the full story. John is going to tell us a little bit more about his background, but you'll understand why I consider him to be a friend. You know, he's been on my personal board of directors for years now, even before I knew what to call it. John would stop his day any point and say, hey, Michelle, let's go grab a coffee. I'd meet him. He'd pick me up in his car and we'd ride over to Starbucks and we'd talk. John really trusted the services that my agency brought to him. And I really respected him because he knew how to take a brand and turn it into something great. Now he is the CEO of Denny's Restaurants. Yes, Denny's. You're probably familiar with the chain. Uh, the nemesis to IHOP, they serve breakfast, they do lunch, they even do dinner, but they're known for breakfast. John has done some big changes over at Denny's. I want you to meet him. He's not your typical CEO. Without further ado, meet John Chris Miller, CEO of Denny's Restaurants. We go back a long way, don't we, John? We do. We Indeed. do. We've done great things together. Absolutely. All the way back to your Taco Bueno days when you were the president there, right? It was so fun. It yeah. was fun. And listen, I'm going to get going here. We're going to have a culture soup moment, okay? All right. So I'm looking at the threads, and often I see brands and fast food restaurants jumping in on conversations on cultural moments that happen. Sometimes right. they get it right. In fact, I love to watch Wendy's and I love to watch Burger King. They get they get some funny stuff out there every once in a while. And you know, you've seen the good and the bad with Denny's, right? Right. <laughs> How do you keep right. it right? How do you keep it relevant? Well, you can run off the rails. <laughs> you know, like we say in our culture, we like doing things that are fun and relevant and up-to-date and engage people. But at the same time, we want to unite people. Yes. Right? We don't want to divide people. We don't want people angry. We don't want people going to bed at night wondering about leadership and brands. We right. want people to feel welcome at all times. So you can get up to the line, but you can't cross a line. Right. So one of the things we've done, there's a two parts to the answer. But there's the technical side mm -hmm. of you know, sort of how you do that. Mm -hmm. and, then, and, uh, and then there's the sort of cultural relevance side. So on the technical side of things, we literally created a, a, an agency department with our ad agency. Mm -hmm. uh, we were on first brands to actually have a Hispanic Twitter account and wow. not just a, a general population Twitter account. So we like to do things in multiple languages and we look for opportunities to seize the moment, to weigh in, to laugh together with people. Uh, but, but we do have filters now where we have a, sort of a team of people that look at things. So you have to be in the moment. You can't wait too long. You can't be bureaucratic, but you have to, you have to get things out in the moment. But at the same time, we look at things and go, no, that could be misunderstood. And, and so we're, we're a little more careful today. Absolutely. Um, and, and I think it's the kind of environment where people expect us to be responsible and careful. We've done a few things that were misunderstood over the years, and we should make sure those things don't happen. Well, and you really have to understand your audience, and Denny's audience is very, very multicultural, wouldn't you say? It, 
Yeah, it's everybody, right? It's everybody. We have we have 62 Ford pickups that blow blue smoke on the parking lot. We have <laughs> brand new Mercedes yes. at all hours of the day. So we have we're a little bit of everybody. Uh, you know, America's diner. Uh, we welcome all, serve all, and we want to make sure that everybody feels welcome. Well, and yeah. you know, Denny's has come a long way. I mean, by the time you came along, it was on the upswing from some some trouble that you guys been in. I love trouble. I love. I love trouble. That's a great question. I love trouble. I love <laughs> being involved where people said that's an impossible assignment. Don't touch that. Oh, no, you know, humanity, we are looking for people with the courage to say things out loud. Mm-hmm. We got it wrong. That was a long time ago. But you got to turn and face it or you never outrun it as a culture. Yeah. People walk around with the losers, live all the good people here that care about other people and had a reputation every time they wear their logo out in public say aren't you that company that discriminated in terms yeah. of people so no I, I love those assignments I, I think all these things are important to address I think you know we all want the best of each other we all you know we want to support each other we want to welcome each other and most of us want to get it right and and you just you just need some leaders who'll step up take on the assignment some things that have happened here mm-hmm. we, we, we put in you know from workforce, programs to supplier programs to internal leadership I and mean, we go to the ends of the earth but then that way it becomes real and cultural and when it becomes cultural it's not a thing to do that you put on a to-do list or management theory it becomes part of who you are right. and then it's sustainable mm-hmm. then it's not dependent on john's powerful personality or some you know force you know of nature that has to drag people to the finish line but just happens because it's who you are internally. So we, we go to the ends of the earth to get it right early on. So for instance, if we're filming a spot mm-hmm. that's trying to show our multicultural diversity in identity, mm-hmm. and I'm not just putting actors and actresses in the dining room. I'm putting people that maybe won a scholarship from us in our hunger for education program. Right. Real people. And then and then behind the camera, there may be, oh, guess what? They're all not multicultural. Right. So oh get me a different camera. Yeah. Guy. They'll get me a different editor. They'll get so we go to trouble to make sure all the way through the cracks and seams that we get it right. And then people go, Oh, you know what? If you're gonna do business with that group, you better they're gonna remind they're gonna ask you what your track record is. They're gonna hold you so so what happens is it just becomes part of our engagement. Supplier diversity. Mm -hmm. You know that in our business, other than McDonald's, who's amazing. Um you can't even find data. Yeah. Now, Fortune 500 companies, you can. So at Denny's, we try. If it gets measured, it's important. If you don't measure, we measure everything. Mm-hmm. Why don't we measure supplier? Why don't we measure work diversity? Why don't we publish information? Uh, we have your companies afraid to showing their EEO one information. I'm not afraid. Good. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> what are we? What are? What are we? Yeah. Think we're you, accomplishing. Yeah. Why right? not? So, right. Why not? So to me, um, if you're a woman, you're one of every, you know, see, 52% of the population. Right. And if you look at the boardroom and officer level and senior director level and you go, there's not 52% there. Mm-hmm. So how can you be happy with that? Right. But most companies say, I have a goal to get this better. My goal is for it to be representing society. Now, I know that doesn't happen overnight. Right. But to me, let's just come out with it and put it on the table. Mm-hmm. 
we went out to do, we do sensitivity training. We have a lot of race conversation. We have a lot of conscious bias training. Mm-hmm. You know, when you go out to the marketplace to find this curriculum, it's hardly exists. Yeah, absolutely. You can, you can find safety and security, how to put cones out when you mop a floor, cutting gloves when you put hold a knife, how to keep clostridium profringens from growing <laughs> in the food. We, we, we know about I don't even about, know what that is, but it doesn't sound know. good. No, you don't want to know. <laughs> We know how to do all these things, right. but we don't know how to address common dignity, moral, humanity questions. You're right. So, so why don't we talk about this as leaders? To me, I love these assignments, and um, we are really doing some good things. So we, we, we're right at now, this is my eighth year at mm-hmm. and so we are right now right at 50% minority franchise. So we're going to be over 95% franchise. Oh, that's good. And over 50% of those are minority owned. That's amazing. Talk about building that's wealth amazing. in communities that yeah. women, mm-hmm. uh, you name it. So um, then our workforce diversity mm-hmm. should get to 70% minority. Wow. By the end of next year. Think about that. Yeah, that's awesome. Our board. Uh, uh, now, I've always had women bosses. <laughs> I know you did. Uh, you and I worked together. Right. You're one of our support agencies, so you weren't my boss. <laughs> oh, please. You were my boss. <laughs> well, you but, know what? We were brains together. That's for sure. <laughs> we did some fun things. Mm-hmm. But but I, I think back of that and, and the, the female bosses, I think you have an advantage being a CEO that was sort of raised or mentored by women along the way. True. But our, our current chair is a female chair. Prior to her was a female chair at Denny's. And they did a really great job building uh, diversity, inclusion, culture. And and uh, from, you know, from busser to boardrooms, our board is very diverse, our, uh, our senior leadership team. So I, yeah. I'm across the spectrum. I'm really proud of That's what's going awesome. On. You know, I know my listeners are probably going, who is this guy? <laughs> you know, you know about Denny's, you know, the headlines, you know, you know, you've probably had the experience, but they're probably like, this guy is really cool. So I want them to know the John that I know. And, you know, I spent a lot of time doing PR for Taco Bueno when you were there and yeah. we got to tell your story. And one of the things that came to the surface while we were doing that was you literally started rolling tacos or burritos oh, yeah. <laughs> at oh, yeah. Taco Bueno. So you you don't have the same, you know, story that a lot of CEOs do that have come from privilege, you know, right? You're just well, like everybody. Well, here's the thing I would say. If you're male and mesomorph, medium build mm-hmm. and blonde, you came from privilege. Okay. Fair enough. You have advantage. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you didn't have your own struggles. You compete against a lot right. of people to rise through the ranks and we came from modest means where I came from both the town and my family. And then I didn't finish college. So, mm-hmm. so you get past a few times. So it's relatable what other people go. Through. Sure. But for me to pretend that I experienced the same thing. Yeah. Would be oh tough. yeah. I get that, John. And I appreciate that for sure. Yeah. But yeah, no, you, you started out doing what the average guy does. Yeah. Right? You no, know, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I started, I started out as, you know, washing dishes and cooking on the line and, you know, all those things, work my way through the ranks, have a lot of different positions. And a lot how to did that happen? I mean, business. honestly, I'm sure people are out there going, well, I roll tacos. How do I become a CEO? <laughs> so you look for catapult mm-hmm. opportunities, right? So mm-hmm. you take risk. 
risks that don't have a safety net oftentimes, and they can give you exposure to be trusted for more. Mm -hmm. And you look for opportunities to do that. If the door closes on you, that keeps you from having that exposure to get those risks mm -hmm. and do everything are to create open doors. So you, sometimes you got to rattle the saber. There's wrong ways to do that. Mm -hmm. but, you know, if you can, if if you put people in a position where they can sort of break even or mm -hmm. lose, but they can't win with you, then you're going to put people sure. on the defense. Not going to get very far. Right. Just human nature to sort of find a way to block you out. <laughs> so find a way to do things that unite people, right? Yeah. So you're in things together. And I think you'd, you'd be surprised how powerful that becomes. And, you know, just from hearing you speak just today, you are a, a total uniter. You like to bring people together. But you also said something early on, and you've given me this advice before, too. Run to the problem. Run to the challenge. Yes. Can yep. you talk more about that? It's worked for you, but how does that actually work? So I, I work with a female leader. Her name is Diana Hovey. She right now is an executive for No Kid Hungry, which is one of our big charities at Denny's. Uh, Diana saved me many, many times. She was my chief marketing officer at On the Border and at Macaroni Grill, both places when I ran those brands a long, long time ago. <laughs> but um, but we, I called her Hoover. Hoover? Okay, <laughs> why Hoover? Keeps, her name was Hobie, but I called her Hoover. Okay. <laughs> because anytime there was a big problem, she would go clean it up. And so she oh, became powerful. She became very powerful as a leader. We would go to her for advice and counsel on all kinds of strategic decisions because she was a thoughtful leader that would help solve problems. And so people like that are always powerful. They always have a seat at the table. Yeah. You want to hear from problem solvers, right? Absolutely. We all want, yeah, we want things to be solved. You know, they say that's what companies are looking for these days, transformational leaders, people who can actually come in and change things. Do you agree? I agree things need change. <laughs> so... It doesn't mean we did anything wrong, so we've got to be mm -hmm. careful not to vilify how we got here always. Sure. Just be careful. You know, society is a complex thing, mm -hmm. right, yeah. how we get there. And it's so politically incorrect to talk about so many of these things. True. You know, biological differences between men and women and women mm -hmm. who are willing to. I mean, my wife, if I tried to give the child medicine, she would stand over my shoulder certain that I was going to get it wrong. <laughs> So there's a certain amount of womanhood mm -hmm. doesn't want to delegate True. to men up there that likes. True. So I go, I don't know how to make this equal, honey. Yeah. You're not letting me. <laughs> At the same time, men have to be willing mm -hmm. to be a little more uncomfortable. Right. That equality is a thing. It's not a conversation. Right. It's a thing that has to change. So. So yeah, we need change. We we need we need to continue to think about what's different. What I'm really excited about though is just remember, you know, us boomers, we're we're sort of getting up there now. And they had to pass laws when we were coming through the ranks that kept seniors from discriminating against how tenacious and talented and capable we were. Mm -hmm. And we were taking over all their jobs <laughs> at age thirty. Because people, God forbid, over 40 needed to be retired. So remember, we had to pass laws that protected people over 40. Can you wow. imagine? Now we can't get boomers to quit in their 70s. So right. Retire and let somebody <laughs> young take their job. So one of the things that's going to change is our confidence that the bright, young, capable people in our society, multicultural mm -hmm. and more women, are more than capable of leading our government, 
of leading our businesses, of creating some extraordinary change in this country. It is coming, and it's irreversible. So I'm excited about that. That's awesome. But we all hold on. Yes. With the belief that the kids can't do it better than us, so we can't quit yet. We're wrong about that. We're wrong about that. It's human nature, I suppose. Well, let's talk about technology and Denny's and what you guys are doing to stay ahead in the digital age. And also, Hmm. I mean, in your kitchens, let's be frank, there's plenty to do there to bring Mm -hmm. it up to speed, right? Sure. So let's let's start with marketing and digital. Okay. So digital marketing, uh, technology is a funny thing. It's uh, expensive. Yeah. And it replaces people. Mm Mm-hmm. So the social consciousness around it, it, without it, you're in trouble. And with too much of it, is it does it have a moral and ethical consequence? I remember when I got here eight years and a couple months ago, and I looked around the workforce, and I go, man, I got 70 or 80 people here that I could replace with technology. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, workday mm-hmm. and different HR systems and accounting systems. I go, but how can you take all this long tenure and just go, yeah. It matter. I have a tool that does that now. Thank right. you very much. Goodbye. So, so I'm, I have a, I'm, I'm, I'm conscious of being careful with the pace at which we do things mm-hmm. that are either or. I could do that, and if I did it today, I'd do it that way. But because I don't have to do that yet, I want to think about the people consequences. So that, that's one category. Mm-hmm. The other is just the stuff that's just sort of overwhelmingly different, you know, I'm not going to go back to a dial phone. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> we are going to be a connected society, mm-hmm. and it's a great social equalizer, which is a healthy thing. I mean, I, I will downgrade my car and the tires I put on it before I'll go without being connected. Right. So I need two things. I need power, mm-hmm. and I need broadband. Mm-hmm. I need access. Right. And, and through that, the world of possibilities opens up. I can speak my lights on, I can, uh, with a few words, order my last meal at Denny's through Alexa. Do you have can... Alexa at home? Oh, sure. You oh, do? yes. Well, I do. I don't use it much. My uh, Gracie does a uh-huh. lot. She'll try to play songs. And partly because she loves to dance and move around and, and partly to annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, because she knows how good she is. Mm-hmm. She... 59, you're not supposed to share ages about your wife. We won't woman. tell. But, yes, yeah, you will. So, <laughs> it, but she can still kick her leg up and her knee will touch her right now. Oh, wow. So very flexible. I am not flexible. <laughs> so she turns on music. Yeah. got these moves. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's not, I don't funny. have it. So, uh, annoying me is not, maybe to show off is a better show word. Show off, but that's Anyway, it. but yes, we have it. So, but technology is going so that is irreversible and we're going to use it to solve pain points in our society we want to pick up the groceries have them delivered or have a little cart that's delivered by a robot down the sidewalk show up my food we're willing to pay for it we we have time and fatigue and time pressure that's part of trying to manage our everyday lives and and these complexities of sort of getting ahead of that and finding some respite mm-hmm. is a powerful driver. And that motivation will continue to drive these technological changes. And that will appear in how people dine and socialize. So it certainly affects our business in a very material way. And 
fortunately or unfortunately, that's actually moved slowly in the full-service realm. Mm-hmm. And fast food has been the first beneficiaries. If you look at Domino's, uh, Starbucks for loyalty programs right. and cards, high frequency of the use can drive day part behaviors there. It's much lower frequency in full-service dining, much fewer occasions per year. So those aren't as powerful a motivator or driver. Right. And, and so they, they've, they've been experimented with. We know about all of them. We've tried and tested every technology known to our industry. And many of them just haven't been material and sort of changing things just yet. But there are many things afoot, and I don't want to give away any sort of competitive secrets, sure. but, but there are many things afoot that will change and eliminate pain points. I mean, if you think about right now, we think about the convention of going to a full-service restaurant mm-hmm. is troublesome. Mm-hmm. I got a park. I've got to go in and navigate through a host or hostess that may or may not be readily available. Right. I have to uh, then go through the process of being sat and then wait for a server to come by and some annoying human being in my party is not ready yet and wants to read the whole menu and check out the features <laughs> and visit with the children along the way to the table. Mm-hmm. And other members of the party go, can we eat? And I was ready to order before I got here. What is it about not to eat you don't right. understand? And so, so sort of, but when you go through a line, the convention demands preparedness. When I am next to order, can't make the person wait behind me. There's a social expectation to be prepared. When you sit at a full-service restaurant, the convention of it, it takes more time. Right. Then you go and get the drinks. You just lost five or six minutes right. of life. And then the server comes around to take your order, and then they got to turn it in. And it's really sure. So then you can't leave. Right. You're there. You, you must eat. <laughs> right. Well, you can't leave it. You can't. If you're done, you got to find the server pay. to pay. Please. Right. So, but at Denny's, we have cashiers for that. So, so a lot of those pain points can be solved through technology. You know, imagine a world where you go, why would I ever get in line again? I can pull up. I can order before I get there. I can have near fear technology say, Michelle, I see that you're approaching. Wanda, your favorite server, has a table open. Do you want your orders, drink, drinks ordered now? Or do you want to wait till you're sat? You want us to go ahead and fire the food? You'd be on a wait in a restaurant and, wow. wait and say, before a table is assigned to you, before a ticket's actually open for control through technology, we can have control of you. If you've already logged in and put your credit card in the file, then they, uh, you open up an account. I can sell you something before you're assigned a table. Gee whiz. And then, then when your table's ready, you could have already ordered. You say, I want to go to the movie, but I want to eat first, but I want to sit down at a full-service restaurant. You can, all those things can be managed through technology, and they're really not very far away. So it's an integration of different groups that are working on all these platforms at the same time, us included. And uh, we may or may not be the first with some of these things. We certainly won't be the last. And um, and it will transform how people think about the business. But not just us, it'll transform all of industry. Mm-hmm. When you could buy from Amazon as delivered two hours later with some prime locations or on a Sunday, then your expectation that those things are available for a modest premium. We don't even think of Prime as being a premium, but you're actually paying a little bit more sure. to delivery than someplace else you could have found it if you waited longer for right. it. But we don't seem to mind the convenience trumps that last couple of pennies. And Uber, we like getting out of I was gonna mention the cab settle. I don't want to just well, but when you stop at your destination. Gotcha. And then you're holding up a car and someone's honking at you and the cab driver's trying to settle. I'm not vilifying or disparaging the cab. Sure, sure. Simply saying, I will wait for an Uber. Yeah. Then to 
to be settled when I'm dropped off. So those little pain points in a transaction, this is what technology does is it finds those and solves it through technology so that all of those little things in life smooth out. And we will be a society that gets used to having all of those things solved with a result. What you just described was very George Jetson-esque. Oh, way past <laughs> it. Yeah. I know, right? You know, You're my, my dog's collar can I can I can speak. That's your collar in distance. I can put a I can put a perimeter around the yard. I can oh, wow. I from anywhere in the world through an app and a camera, I can talk to the dogs. I can tell <laughs> the feeder to give them another portion. I mean, think about technology. From anywhere That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, so we're way past George. <laughs> you know, and I was thinking about the cab drivers too. I used to not even think twice about paying, especially when it became credit cards and not just giving the cash to the cabbie. Right. But since Uber and Lyft, I really find that it's a pain. And sometimes I have to remember, oh, I got to pay this guy. Mm-hmm. Because with Uber and Lyft, you pay it in your phone before you even get in the car. There's no cash or anything exchanged. Right. And I really have to remind myself, oh, I got to pay this guy. Right. <laughs> that must annoy them. I'm sure some people try to get out. <laughs> I, I try to rate them and tip them before I get out of the car. That's good. Because I don't have to remember le- that I forgot later. I just go ahead. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like the gratification of seeing them kind of look up in the mirror and glance. Who's this guy that already tipped me, you know? That's so, good. You know, they work hard, you know, and sometimes I'm going to try I, that next time. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Anything else you want to add, John? This is a great conversation. Technology, yes. It's going to do all kinds of things that it shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Like oh. pancake flippers, mm-hmm. burger flippers, and little devices, oh. and robots, and saute. <laughs> They're interesting. Yeah. But a cook with a big, giant flat top is going to be better. Yes. And that cook makes the living and. Um, Absolutely. Well, and, you know, it's good that you're weighing these things and not saying, oh, let's just opt for technology no matter what. It is really about the human experience at the end of the day. And that means even the people who are working for you. Correct? Right. Yeah. And, you know, one more question. How do you foster um, culture with your franchisees? Yeah. You know, they're their own independent business owners, but... There's a culture at Denny's that you would like them to be a part of, right? Well, they are. They are part of it. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. When I got here, we were having dinner with a group of franchisees in Dallas, and it was at a beverage innovation meeting that had been set up Mm -hmm. by the marketing department. And, of course, that was on the calendar before I got here. So, you know, I went because I wanted to meet a few people, and I'm sitting down visiting with people, and there's this distance and trust and heaviness in the air and I talked to one guy who turns out to just this extraordinary franchisee and I just making small talk about some stuff. He goes, sure. you know, you're you're my fifth CEO and I'll be here long oh. you're gone. Oh warm and fuzzy. Wow. <laughs> nice to meet you too. <laughs> hey. But um there is a reason for that. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so like that's not good. So so I think this same thing with franchising is true with society or a home or a church or a mm-hmm. community, you know, any civic organization, the same principles apply. Mm-hmm. You want people to have 
a legitimate seat at the table and be represented. And then franchisees who take the risks, sign the leases, take out loans, and run this company can't get their corporate advocacy yeah. to listen to that. Then right. they're fighting, they're swimming upstream all the time. Mm-hmm. They've got the fire burns on the arm, you know. They, they're, yeah. you know, they're hiring staff in all the time. They're going, would you listen to me? We have some ideas to help this business run better. You go hire mid-level managers from all over the world, McDonald's and Starbucks and Dunkin', mm-hmm. with all due respect to them. Of course. Then you bring them into Denny's, and then you're going to tell a second-generation Denny's franchisee how to go run their city. Yeah. That's not a very good leadership. That's not good. So, so we threw that model away, and I'd like to say we're not perfect at it yet, but the heart mm-hmm. is genuine. That's important. We have a marketing technology, supply chain, operations, brand advisory councils. And there's a officer that serves on each of those and a vice chair from the franchise committee, all mm-hmm. that are members of the franchisee association board of directors, all volunteers that support this system. And mm-hmm. we collaborate together. And so even though our agreements, for the right reasons, allow us to sort of move the brand forward, we have shareholders to think about, we have franchisees that can't always collaborate and agree. Some say, I want to go left. Some, I want to go right. And, and so so you have your job to do to sort of make sure mm-hmm. whether there's agreement or not. We have a limited time offer that comes out in March. We have one mm-hmm. in May. And so you're going to run the business, but it's so much better if you build a system that includes people, listens to them, gives them a voice. And so if we ever had to pull that agreement off the shelf, and use it to flex our muscle and say we're doing this because our agreement allows us. Mm-hmm. We're doing this the wrong way. We, we right. literally collaborate on everything. And if our franchisee association board says, you know, John, we hate that idea, we're going to honor that. You know, right. we're just going to, we're going to go, okay, then let's keep trying until we find something that we all agree to. Now, now there are trouble spots. I mean, you, you do some things that, you know, we have some packaging challenges where new packaging that's more socially responsible better for landfills. All these things are cost. They cost more mm-hmm. or we can make the argument being socially responsible has its dividend in the marketplace. Clearly consumers give you credit for that. But the cost versus the amount of consumer credit required to break even right. is upside down. And so there are mm-hmm. decisions you make sometimes that go, hey, we've got to move forward with the times. And and they have imperfection. There's molds that have to be created, and it's expensive, and they runs behind, and it isn't mm-hmm. hoped at first. So those processes are so much better when we all move together and franchisees see how hard you try, even if it wasn't what you hoped for. So you get criticism. People say, why'd you do that? Or who's what Brainiac put that <laughs> piece of packaging out there? And we yeah. can say, well... We don't use it as a defense to say, well, we did it together. Or, you know, the Franchisee Association voted for it, too. Rather than say it that way, you say, look, we, we worked very hard on this to get the best outcome. And we acknowledge it isn't good enough yet. But that's way better than telling franchisees, I hope you liked it. We are yeah. some value. And we have, we have, in our system, we have extraordinary franchisees. I mean, we have amazing people in this brand. That's awesome. And that's rare, too. I mean, I've worked with other quick service brands and, you know, sometimes franchisees turn over pretty quickly. Based on what you just described, corporate and franchisers not really communicating the way they should. Well, there's, there's communication is always the biggest challenge. 
Mm -hmm. Alignment is challenging. It's sort of building consensus is challenging. All those things take work. Right. But they're worth it. And, yeah. and once you get it in the embedded in the sort of system and the rhythm of doing things rather than fighting it, because mm -hmm. it is hard, it, 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 it's amazing how it smooths things out. Um, and I, I have to get my Don LaFrieda story in while I have it. So Don LaFrieda. Please do. So, all right, so <laughs> a large female-owned business. She okay. got about 80 Denny's. She started. Wow. Right. She, wow. Right, think about it. Think about, go back a number of years ago, how uh -huh. hard it's for a woman to find private equity backing or banking. Right. Advocacy from, you know, male leaders around her. She goes out on her own, buys a restaurant nobody wants on her credit card. Wow. Maxes out her credit card. <laughs> then she takes another store nobody else had wanted and gave it up for dead. And and she takes opportunities because that's the opportunities presented her. No one's given her the cherries. Right. So she takes trouble and turns there you it, go. right. And she turns it into magic. And she's built this extraordinary company. Um, I'm very proud of her. Yeah. Well, what a great story on Equal Pay Day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She created her own equality. That's awesome. So so we reviewed all these, speaking of equal pay, and, and we have, you know, I got a group of women leaders sitting around me giving me this report, and they're proud to report that we're like 0.001% off. Oh, wow. That's and, awesome. And so they're, they're, they looked at me, and I go, so how are we going to fix that? And they looked at me like, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> Well, there was a disparity, right? Thanks. You're supposed to fix it. There's a few Good pennies. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, John, it's been an amazing conversation, as always. It's good to see you. Is see there you. anything that you'd like to add? Or, you know what? Tell us where we can find Denny's online. Okay. Uh, just Denny's.com or www.denny's.com. You can spell it with or without an apostrophe. It knows how to find you. If you fly <laughs> to find Denny's, you can find it. You can see about shareholders. You can see uh, financial information. You can mm -hmm. see our menu. You can see there's a really good diversity and inclusion. You can see about what we're up to um, with uh, our Hunger for Education program. We have scholarships that we grant for kids trying to get in uh, disadvantaged mm -hmm. college. And then uh, you might see some of this. You'll see our board. Um, you might see some of what our officers are up to, but all of our officers serve in some capacity to give back community. I serve on the college board up in Ohio, a small HBCU up there. So if anybody Love wants it. to support the HBCUs, Will of Force will take your money. Go, go online. Will of Force. Hey, we University. need to talk. I just came from an HBCU. I spoke at an HBCU this weekend, Lane College. And I'm yep. about to meet the business dean from Medgar Evers so we can set something Good. up too. But I'd love to visit. Let's grab coffee and talk about it. We should. Absolutely. If there's any other way I can support you, John, you let me know. You've been a great support throughout the year and years and I appreciate it. All right. You have a blessed day. You too. Bye-bye. That was one amazing conversation with John Miller, CEO of Denny's Restaurants. Now, coming up, we have the amazing, the incomparable, beat your face to the gods, celebrity makeup artist and beauty entrepreneur, Melissa Hibbert from Los Angeles, California, coming up next episode. You won't want to miss it as she talks about her new book, Face Your Beauty. 
Find us online on Instagram and on Twitter at The Culture Soup. Find us on the internet at theculturesoup.com. Tell a friend to subscribe. And thank you so much for keeping us number six in the United States of America on Apple Podcasts, Business Business News. How about that? Along those lines, 30minutementor.com. Make sure you get your application in for the cohorts for the summer. I'll be choosing 10 people by the end of the month. We'll get started in May. Speaking of May, something coming up with the show that's special. We'll be adding an additional episode (laughs) on Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. Every second Tuesday, beginning in May. And it is called The Coaching Corner. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different from the format that you have on Thursday, which is really about interviews and storytelling with me and my friends. Tuesday show, all about addressing your pain points as an executive, middle manager, in corporate America, in the workplace, and also you entrepreneurs. So you'll want to tune in. It's going to be me talking, and every once in a while, I might bring on a guest. But again, big news for expanding the show. Can't wait to see you online for The Coaching Corner. It's the official launch of my executive and career and business coaching practice. See you next week. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Silos Communications.